Welcome once again to the E-Bone Zone. I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 271st time on this Friday, February 11th, 2022. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, the finale, in a four-part novel review series on Wilson Rawls, Where the Red Fern Grows. This episode contains... Spoilers. This week, we complete our journey into the book review series on Where the Red Fern Grows, written by Wilson Rawls. We went over what happens in chapters 11 through 15 last time, and if you missed it, there's a link in the description, along with every episode in the series so far. But if you're all caught up, it might interest you to know that we're in the home stretch. Five more chapters to go. We'll be covering chapters 16 through 20 in this episode. Let's get started, shall we? Starting off in Chapter 16, Billy's opportunity comes as the fourth night of the hunt is finally here. The judge, who will be overseeing the festivities, introduces himself, and they all pile in their buggy, making the journey to the river bottoms. It seems like everyone else has the same idea, because all the other territory has been hunted, and there are no raccoons around. As soon as they touch mud, the dogs bawl and cut into a scent trail, and almost instantly little Ann starts bawling, and old Dan helps out. They're hot on the trail of something. In the chase, Grandpa loses his glasses, and 20 minutes later, the dogs come back across the river. They think everything is easy from here, but then they hear a roar. I'd have thought for sure it was a bear, but it was just the other hunters cheering Billy's dogs on. It isn't long before Anne has something treed, and eventually the dogs kill it, and they go across the river. While Billy and the rest are making their way over, Grandpa slips and falls on a rock, and everyone starts laughing finding the humor in the situation. After they help Grandpa from the creek, Billy builds a fire so that he can dry his clothes. The judge then asks if he thinks that Ann and Dan will tree another one because it's after 3 o'clock in the morning, and just as he says that, Dan balls treat again. And now, they've got two raccoons under their belt. They need just one more. The raccoon that Dan had treed earlier had fooled him using the cover of a hackberry tree, but Billy will not give up. Little Ann eventually breaks the silence at daylight and balls treed, and Dan is right behind her, absolutely tearing through the cane breaks and trees. After a few minutes, the two dogs get to what they're searching for and waste no time in killing the raccoon. Afterwards, the judge tries to figure out just how the animal escaped and tells Billy that his dogs have tied the leaders in the competition and might actually have a great chance of winning, to Billy's granddad's delight. Later, Billy tries to get some sleep, but he couldn't because of his granddad's snoring, so he goes out and sleeps between his two dogs. A hunter drops by that evening and says there's going to be a jackpot for the last hunt. He says those walkers that Billy will be up against have won four cups, so it seems there will be some long odds to contend with. Little Ann and Old Dan find a trail right off in the first few minutes of that night's hunt, and tree it almost as fast. An ash tree is where they find it, but the raccoon escapes and heads to the river. The fight goes on, and the judge is afraid that the animal will drown one of the dogs. The fight subsides just a bit, and the raccoon breaks to the river again, but it doesn't last long, because Dan kills his next trophy, and in the ceasefire, the two sibling hounds tend to each other's wounds. The next chapter kicks off amid some bad weather, or what looks like it. The skies are gray and it's windy, but Billy says it's not over yet, because Game is very active in storms, running for cover. Just then, Little Ann and Old Dan tree something as the storm gets worse, 
And eventually, Billy can't hear his pups. Even though the judge and his dad and granddad say they need to go back, Billy decides to go after them anyway. And his dad gives in and goes with him after some persuading. In a little while, Billy's dad hears Billy tell him that he heard something like a dog. Maybe it's old Dan. And later they find out it is. The wind and snow roars on and Billy prays for strength. And through his prayer, God gives him an idea. Shoot the gun in the air and the dogs will come running. When the bullet is fired, little Ann breaks out of the trees, and from there they go to find Dan. His granddad knows that things are getting bad, and if they're out much longer, they'll freeze to death. Billy pleads with Dan to ball again, and just as he asks, Dan howls, and they set out to find him. Straight ahead, Dan is at the tree bawling, and in just a bit we find out that Billy's granddad is gone. They find him in just a few minutes with a twisted ankle and unconscious. The judge starts to wake him up by slapping his face, and the men go build a fire to make the old man warm again. As Grandpa gets warm, he thinks that they need to go get the raccoon from a tree that's close to them. And to their surprise, not one, but three of them coil out of the trunk. Old Dan and Little Ann catch two and kill them, and the third gets away. Billy points out where the animal went, and that's all it takes. Ann and Dan are gone. The storm is over now, and Billy's still distraught listening for his dogs at any chance he can. They've been gone since last night, and a search party comes down to where Billy and his dad and granddad are. They ask Billy where his dogs are, and he says that they're out with a tree somewhere. Despite how strange it sounds that two dogs would be out with a treed raccoon in a terrible storm, the search party is baffled at the strength of Ann and Dan. Later, one of the men says that he found the dogs, but that they were sort of worse for the wear, as they were almost frozen solid. And hearing this is just too much for Billy. He passes out. And when he wakes up, he's thirsty and is still in shock. And the guy that said something about little Ann and old Dan says he's sorry. The rest of them get Billy's grandpa out of there with a stretcher. It seems that the dogs had something treed the night before, and they didn't want to give up in the cold temperatures because they knew if they'd slow down, they'd freeze to death. It wasn't about hunting for them anymore. It was about survival. And at the sight of this, everyone is awed. They get to work thawing the dogs out, and when they're ready to go, Dan and Ann start fighting the raccoon. Dan gets bit on the ear, and Ann takes that personally, ripping the raccoon limb from limb all by herself. When they get back to camp, Billy and his dogs are winners. He receives $300 and a golden trophy, and Billy cries. Next is the task of getting the winning prize engraved. Billy says that he wants to get it done himself, and his granddad is taken out to the hospital to get fixed up. Billy falls asleep on the ride home, and they reach the store by mid-afternoon the next day. Billy's sisters and mom are excited for his win, knowing that they've got an amazing brother and son. It's all celebration until they talk about Grandpa's accident. But eventually, we know he's okay, and they all have a huge supper that night with ham, cornbread, honey, and fresh butter on the menu. In chapter 19, Billy wastes no time after the festivities of the night before. He still hunts, continuing to hone his craft. One night, little Ann and old Dan catch a scent, treeing something four times. And in the fourth go-round, old Dan is angry. He goes from bawling to growling. Dan has no fear in him. Billy and little Ann are frozen, watching Dan staring down a mountain lion. He poses a challenge. 
and the cat accepts, launching himself at old Dan. Little Ann must get in there. She snaps down on his neck but is soon thrown off. Billy, brave as a lion, decides to get between the beast and his dogs, and he begins to chop furiously with his axe. When it hits the big cat, the cat gets angry. Turning on Billy, it starts to charge, but Little Ann and Old Dan are between Billy and him. The fight continues forward. Down the mountain, they all go and into a canyon, where finally the mountain lion has Dan in its jaws. But if there's one thing we know about his sister, it's that she doesn't leave her brother behind. And certainly not with a mountain lion. She digs her heels in and grabs the beast's neck with her teeth. Billy tries for one more chop and it sinks deep into the cat's back. That gives Dan the opportunity to get a hold of the cat's neck. With one final scream, the mountain lion dies. And the fight is over, but the dogs are torn up. Anne is okay, for the most part. She's got one cut that goes to the bone. But Dan is worse. Just about every part of his body is either covered in blood or in bruises. And Billy refuses to give up, making mud to pack into his dog's wounds, and after doctoring Dan up, leads the two valiant four-legged soldiers off out of the canyon. Billy has no idea where he is, so he just decides to follow the river. He calls the dogs to go home, but eventually he hears a cry. Sort of like a mournful howl. And to Billy's horror, it's old Dan! When he makes his way over to his dog, Billy notices that intestines are spilled everywhere. And our boy Dan is in bad shape, as you could probably tell. Billy still tries to help him, taking him home and having his parents help out. Billy fixes old Dan, and his sisters know things aren't okay. Naturally, they're worried. Billy tells his parents about how little Ann and old Dan saved him from the lion, and they admire the dog's tenacity, but they know Dan is dying. And to some extent... Billy does too. A few minutes later, as his head is in Billy's lap, Dan passes from this life to the next, and Billy doesn't want to believe it. His dad carries old Dan's body out to the porch and advises him not to think about Dan's death because he's still got little Ann. Billy's dad and mom decide to go to bed, but Billy stays up. He's numb. Little Ann realizes things have gone bad as well, but still she curls up next to her brother, as she always has on the porch, and falls asleep. Billy cries bitterly that night, and the next morning, he knows he has to bury his dog. He buries Dan in a place where a dog can see everything, on a hill. Before he leaves, he says a few words over his fallen pup. You are worth it, old friend. And a thousand times over. Two days later, Anne is having problems with eating. She just won't get anything on her stomach. She's gone frequently, and when Billy finds her on his next outing, he notices her eyes. Once fire-filled, they're now gray and hopeless. Billy's dad knows why this is happening. The life has left her. She's depressed without her brother. Simple fact is, she's given up. The next day, little Anne wanders off slow and weak to the grave of old Dan, for the last time. She dies. Billy can't understand this, but his mom tries to calm him down, and it doesn't work. He says he doesn't believe in prayer anymore because he prayed for his dogs and now they're dead. He just can't understand why, and his dad tells him that there was a reason for old Dan and little Ann's death, and that there are times when a man has to be tough, no matter what may be happening. Later, Billy's mom pulls out a box 
filled with money. And Dad says that what's in there is enough to get them to the city so that they can move. And it's all because of little Ann and old Dan that it's possible. After dinner, Billy is still distraught, knowing he'll have to bury little Ann the next morning. He's up late into the night, thinking and crying over his dogs. A mournful scene indeed. His mom knows that her son is hurting and wishes there was a way to cheer him up. He buries little Ann and gets two stones for grave markers, wondering as he works if God made a heaven for hunting dogs. In chapter 20, it's time for the move, and they're all happy, but before they go, Billy wants to say his last goodbyes to Ann and Dan. When he nears their graves, he sees a red fern, believed by the Native Americans to be planted by angels, and therefore it's sacred. They all know of the legend and firmly believe it, even his dad. He thinks that this is God's way of helping Billy understand why Ann and Dan died. Suddenly, Billy is no longer sad, and before he leaves to go back to the buggy, he has a few parting words for his dogs. Goodbye, old Dan, little Ann. I know if God made a place in heaven for hunting dogs, he made a special place for you. As they make their way to the city, they take one last look at their old house. Billy's mom sees the red fern and points it out to her son. They all get kind of misty-eyed at the sight, remembering the legend and the life of old Dan and little Ann. From there, we zoom out to Billy as an adult, as he says he'd like to go back there one day. Though he knows things have changed, he hasn't. He still loves his dogs, and he still believes in the legend of the red fern. Now that the walkthrough is done, it's time for my thoughts. I really enjoyed this book. It takes a peek into the bond between a boy and his dogs. It's got everything. There's humor, drama, and even heartbreak. There's hopeful moments. There's definitely some sad moments. There's exciting moments. And as far as my favorite ones from the three main characters, focusing on Billy first, I really liked it when he refused to give up on chopping down the tree after old Dan and little Ann caught their first raccoon. That was a great show of toughness and rugged determination, and it's always great to see. And it can inspire those who read about it. Dan's shining moment for me was when he stood up to the mountain lion in chapters 5 and 6. I believe that set the tone for his arc as a main piece in this novel. And Anne, on the other hand, her defining moment was her last how she refused to leave her brother's side, even in death. And I think that speaks to the loyalty of dogs and to the bond the two siblings shared. I would rate this a 9.5 out of 10, although, in all honesty, I don't know if I'd read it again, because it makes me a bit sad. Even though I'd seen videos on this book and knew how it was going to end already, I was not at all prepared when it came to reading the ending for myself. It's a tearjerker for sure, but in spite of that, I hope you enjoyed going through it as much as I did. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and Official EBZ on Twitter. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend. God bless you, stay humble, and remember, keep an ear out.